If we visit the gallery on his website, we'll find the range of ways artist Mark Sioka works. There are silkscreen pieces, line-of-cut prints, mixed-media works, and right in the middle, as if at the heart of his offerings, his pen and ink pieces. And we can see right away that he's fascinated by buildings of all kinds, from barns to Notre Dame Cathedral. There are a number of houses among the examples as well, including two commissioned images of private residences. And right in the middle of the middle page is what we might take to be just another of Mark's handsome home illustrations. That one happens to be titled P.W. Costello's Residence. If we don't recognize the name P.W. Costello, we might just move on to examine the next images in the sequence. But some will stop and realize that Mark has captured the home of P.W. Costello of Scranton, who, in his time, was one of the most distinguished designers, engrossers, illustrators, artists in pen and ink in the country. We can only imagine his childhood homes, though, so very different from this one. Patrick William Costello was born in 1866 in the Manuka section of Scranton. He was the only son of William and Bridget Langen Costello, immigrants from County Mayo. There's some indication that William Costello, his father, a coal miner, traveled from Ireland to Birmingham, England in the 1850s, then on to the United States. He arrived in Manuka in 1856 and as one of the village's earliest settlers, soon married and started a family. Difficult times lay ahead, however, as Bridget Costello died in 1868 when Patrick was only two years old. Shortly thereafter, a major downturn in the national economy of the early 1870s led to high unemployment in Scranton's mining and railroad industries. By contrast, the coal industry of England's black country in the West Midlands boomed. William returned with his young son Patrick to Birmingham, confident that he could find work and better wages there. As it happens, at the time young Patrick was living in Birmingham, the city was the world center for the design and manufacture of steel pen nibs. During the 19th century, these sharpened metal points of varying size and shape were inserted into wooden pen holders, dipped in ink, and used for writing and drawing. Perry, Brandauer, and Mitchell were just a few of the many companies then producing nibs in Birmingham. Patrick probably attended grammar school during his formative years in England, although it wasn't standard practice in 1875 for British grammar school children to use pen holders and nibs while learning penmanship. Their teachers used them. Perhaps the encouragement of a teacher and exposure to British culture were factors that led to Patrick's discovery of his innate talent for art. In Birmingham, the young boy had ample opportunity to learn about pens and lettering, even on an informal basis. Something may have sparked his interest, inspiring a decision to nurture the skills that led to a remarkable career in art and a passion for education. That from a biographical essay by Thomas W. Costello from the University of Scranton Archives. P.W. Costello's career unfolded right here in Scranton, and Mark Sioka pays tribute to this pen and ink master in rendering Costello's lovely home. 
Another important aspect of P.W. Costello's life was his dedication to education, something Mark Sioka shares with Costello. Mark holds a master's degree in education from Pennsylvania State University, a B.S. in art education from Kutztown University, and an Associate of Arts degree from Keystone College. He presently teaches the cyber art program at Pocono Mountain School District and was previously art adjunct at Keystone College. As a prolific artist, his work has been widely exhibited in juried exhibitions and internationally. He is a registered roster artist for the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts and Arts in Education, Northeast BA. Mark Sioka has an exhibition titled Finding Direction at the Gathering Place in Clark Summit, and Mark paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk about his art and his teaching and where it all began. Like everybody else at a young age, we start with little stick figures or scratches on a piece of paper with that magic stick. And I remember drawing, my first was, uh, my mother was from Germany, so I was about five years old and we were on a train going between uh, towns. And I had stick figures of like army men and x-ray vision. And those stick figures were just something that everybody does. And I thought, well, I just enjoyed it. I never thought about the future, you know, just enjoying the moment. And uh, it stuck with me. That happens to some people and maybe not everybody, but it's never too late is what I tell students from kindergarten to the other end of the spectrum. We have found how many people needed that kind of experience, art experience, creative experience during the shutdown where people didn't know what to do and people of all ages were getting coloring books and drawing stick figures, I suspect. Yes, definitely. There was a lot of people that picked up materials, crocheting, drawing, coloring in, you know, just doodling and, you know, it opened up a new world. Hopefully they're still with it. When you were discovering that you might be good at it, how did you narrow focus into the way you wanted to express yourself mostly? Well, the thing with creation is, I mean, first and foremost is to be passionate about what one does. And making art has always been a passion well before people started buying it. I just had a need to do it. You know, I've always been more visual. Although people say I talk a lot as a teacher and as individuals, it was just a matter of conveying an idea through art. And could it be understood by people who maybe don't have an art background or don't see words? So that was one of the first things is just to share a thought, whether they liked it or not. I've come to accept the fact that, like my wife told me, when people agree with you or disagree with like the social and political stuff I have done previously, just say thank you. And I have done that, <laughs> trying to keep it positive. What about the tradition of this work. You're living and working in and around Scranton, and we know there was P.W. Costello. Yes, the engrosser. His work is magnificent. I've got to meet his uh, uh, great-grandson, and I did an illustration of Costello's house when he was in Scranton for uh, Tom Costello's illustration in his, his book that he showed recently at Marywood and also at the University of Scranton. Those engrossments are beautiful, absolutely, and internationally known, coming up as a breaker boy and self-educating himself to world-class for presidents and kings and everything in between. So that's one of the people I look up to, along with uh, Aubrey Beardsley, the lines of Albert Dewar, the printmaker of medieval Germany, and so many others, you know, Thomas Nast. Uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> so those are some of my influences for sure. 
What is engrossing? Well, that's like pen and ink illustration. That's the process of creating imagery with a traditional ink pen dip and, you know, work that way, which must have been very frustrating because I tried that in high school and not many of us were successful. It's nice that now we have pens called rapidographs that have a cartridge that we could refill and not worry about dripping on things. But uh, yeah, his stuff will stand the test of time. And you have that gift of being a good teacher. Why do you love teaching as well as doing the work that you can't help not doing? Well, there's something about an open slate, especially with the younger kids. Now, at this point in my uh, career, I'm teaching K through 12 in a a cyber program. So it's not traditional how I trained and what I did for many years, but making the most of it and reaching out to those kids, they are just so receptive and they come to the meets. I mean, my screen is filled with tiles of faces and eager students and trying to capture that time with them to make the most of it and creativity, talking about collaborations. And in fact, right now, The younger students in elementary class, one girl, Josiah, she said, Mr. C, can I teach one time? And I thought for a moment, and I said, sure, what do you have in mind? She said, well, I want to do what you do. Walk us through a drawing. And I couldn't believe how well it went. And then I said, would anybody else like? And all of a sudden, I saw all these hands and thumbs up. So every second day now, we're doing a guest artist, teacher, which is that student. So, you know, it's inspiring. I get inspired by my kids just as they tell me, well, we like what you do. We want to do what you do. So it's reciprocal. You have a show right now in Clark Summit at The Gathering Place, and you have a title for it, a simple title, but you've also brought some of the images that we'll find in the show. Talk to us about the theme and how that all emerged as you began to create this new work. Yes, yes. I was invited uh, by Joe Statuto, who speaks on behalf of The Gathering Place, and Dory Waters, who runs it. Wonderful individuals and wonderful organization as well for the community and beyond. And this one image that I had sketched out, it was probably, I'm thinking, during COVID or right before things started changing. And I did a sketch for a mural on the Lackawanna Heritage Valley Authority's walk along the Lackawanna River in Scranton. And I thought, this mural is pretty cool. I added some color to it, and it never unfolded as of yet, but I'm determined. And when Joe asked me to show at the gathering place, I went through my sketchbook, my recent sketchbook, although I have lots of them, like many artists, and I saw that design. And I said, you know, I'm trying to find direction on many levels. (laughs) Not that I'm lost. Somebody said, well, Mark, are you lost? You're trying to find direction? I said, not really, but I'm questioning things as I go along. Which road to take, what direction? And so the image on the uh, postcard and promotions is titled Finding Direction, which is a compass design that I made up. And moments came with the fact that throughout our life, we have these moments when decisions have to be made, small and large, individual, collectively, personal, professionally, financial, everything. And so the more I thought about it, the more that I started getting images in my head and things that I've collected and and sketches that I've done. And I left the titles very open so that individuals could interpret them. And I purposely did not put them on the illustrations themselves, but on the side so that people could judge for themselves. What does that mean to them, not me directing them? So I left it very loose and, and open for them. Would you see as we make our way around the exhibition 
Is it a path? We can go any way and follow our own attraction to the images, and we might have our own journey. Yes, certainly. Uh, as you walk into the gallery on the right-hand side, there's 16 of these new illustrations that I've created, and Al Pierce and Joe Statuto and I hung the show, and it was very nice, but they did a wonderful job. And those 16 images are layered one on top of the other, eight in a row. So it's to your right, and you can see that work first, and then supplementing that exhibition on the second and third wall are silkscreen designs and lino cut prints and uh, a few paintings, or at least one painting that I included that I haven't shown before. So, yeah, you could work your way right to left or left to right in the gallery. In one way or another, these are raising questions, right? They are. They are. And we ask ourselves these questions, maybe not aloud, but somewhere in, in the recesses of our mind or forefront, how do we react to things? What can we control? What can't we control? And how things unfold and what we allow. And you have words in some of them. Yes, and particularly that one. I had a whole different idea. Uh, on our travels to Europe, I had this photo of a beautiful, probably medieval doorway, solid oak, big pieces of metal on it and hinges. And I thought, I'm going to put a path going up the side of the uh, illustration on the off the uh, door into a countryside. And while I was doing the brickwork on the ground, which I made up as I was going along, I started inking it in, I started leaving spaces in between the bricks. And then I thought, well, it looks like there's depth and like there's things missing. And it developed into a scene that looks very surreal. And I found a key, for some reason, I have hundreds of keys that I've picked up along the way, I don't know why, but I pulled it out and it's like clanging and I found this one key that was very old and I thought that would be the kind of key that would fit that door. And immediately I just started writing a passage about finding my way, maybe a pivotal point, whether it be as a student getting accepted into art school or you know, that moment when you look at something and you say, there's the possibility that that could be the possibility for me. Wherever it leads, I don't know, but it'll be a direction. And you've just done, Mark, what your student asked to do, and that's you've walked us through a drawing, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I put this together, and I put the key in this upper space there. I thought, I have something in mind. So this is what I wrote. The door is seen. A hand reaches out. The handle cool to the touch. My whole life, my very existence has been for this moment, the wonder of what awaits. Oh. And I think that's when Carl Neuroth had accepted me to art school at Keystone College, I thought, wow, I'm going to college, which I never knew was a possibility. And that was the new world. It really was. So that, that moment, that came back to me, you know, that acceptance, which I've shared with my students, the possibilities of what can be, not what is right now, but what can be in the future. How much time have you spent abroad? Oh, I've been uh, to Europe many times. I had been fortunate to be able to travel and visit family. My grandfather was an immigrant from Italy. I've been to Italy, but not to see his family, because once he left, he never went back. But my mother and my four brothers were born and raised partially in Germany. My mother was a young lady when she met my father there. And so we've gone back and forth many times. And I look forward to the next trip, whenever that will be. But it uh, has uh, given me an opportunity to see the world in a different perspective and to see how other people might live and even further than Europe, Middle East, North Africa. So it's a, sh a shared experience. 
And some right. of that imagery bubbles up sometimes. Oh, certainly up. it does, because it's like a collective consciousness, like Jung would say. We're all part of what came before us. And knowing my mother growing up, a war-torn world, and my brothers coming as immigrants and learning the language, it's like my students today coming from Central South America, Poland, Russia. We have 35 languages spoken in our district. So when they come in and they can hardly speak uh, English or not at all, I'm very sensitive to that because it's a changing world. And as educators, we need to be on the forefront. And as visual artists, that is great information to use. Have you taken new directions? Is this series a reaction to the COVID time? Do you think this is a direction you might not have explored had we not had COVID? Or is there no connection that you feel? Well, I don't want to think about that too much, but I could say that uh, at this point, I've been teaching uh, over 37 years, and I'm looking in the future. So I think that's what sparked this whole idea about finding direction, because I know I'm not going to be somebody, should I retire, bored, looking for something to do. I've always looked for something different. Where I'm at now is okay, but I think there's more out there. Remind people about your love of architectural drawings of the history of the region. It's not just that you're, oh, I can I can duplicate that. Well, thank you for that compliment because people say you're very detail-oriented. And I am. We're teachers. That's part of it, to be organized. And I'm still working on that whole axiom that my college professor told me, organization is the key to success. I'm still trying to work on that. But I share that with my students. It's a lifelong process. And one thing I've always liked, well, when I was a kid, I would go to the Wilkes-Barre Fine Arts Fiesta, and I remember looking at uh, the black and white illustrations of the coal breakers in our area. Right, Fred Bartlett. Oh, my goodness. His work was of his time. He saw all the breakers in our area, and he did those illustrations. I just always loved it. In high school, I started doing black and white work, and uh, I, I started just drawing the basic the known images of downtown Scranton, the architecture, of course, Electric City sign, the courthouse, and people started wanting, I made uh, note cards. When people used to send note cards, and I put the information on the back because I thought, this is alive. You know, architecture and history is not dead. It is around us, and it's still breathing with us. So I started giving away one thing led to another, and it motivated me to do a whole series. I'm over 80 illustrations now of Greater Nipah, and even beyond, I'm trying to do a whole series now of local colleges and universities promoting education. Uh, I finished the uh, Pennsylvania State Capitol building, the White House, the U.S. Capitol building, Penn State, which is a beautiful old Maine. It is absolutely beautiful. And uh, things that are with us as of today, not going back to photographs from another time. There's one exception, though. I did a commission for the Lachlan County Visitors Bureau an upcoming national convention, which was postponed because of COVID. We always come back to COVID, right? And I did the uh, train station and a steam locomotive. And when I did the Lackawanna station the second time, I thought, I really like this. So I did one for myself. And the one photograph I went back to was how it looked at the turn of the last century with the horseshoe driveway and grass in the front of it. So I had to do that. Who wants to see a parking lot in the stoplights, you know? You have poetic license there. That's right. That's what I call the artistic license. How long is the show going to be up? This is running through May 10th, and 
it's easily found right on State Street in downtown Clark Summit. It's called The Gathering Place, and they have a website. It's www.gatheringplacecs.org. The CES, by the way, would be Clark Summit. And you have a website. Tell us where we can go to see more of your work. Mark Sioka, C-I-O-C-C-A dot com. And I have a public Facebook page, Mark Sioka Illustrations. And you can see what's going on uh, with my work and different shows and events that I'm involved in as well. Artist and educator Mark Sioka speaking with us in connection with the current exhibition at The Gathering Place, 304 South State Street in Clark Summit. The show is titled Finding Direction, and it will be up through May 10th. For more information, on the web, gatheringplacecs.org, gatheringplacecs.org, or directly you can find Mark's work on marksioka.com, his own website, Mark Sioka, C-I-O-C-C-A, C-I-O-C-C-A. Again, Finding Direction, works of Mark Sioka at the Gathering Place, South State Street in Clark Summit through May 10th. For more information on the web, gatheringplacecs.org.